everybody. So we are so excited here for episode seven of our Talking Disney uh, podcast. And uh, this is where we come together once a month and we talk about a Disney classic and it is completely random. And uh, this time the, uh, the random number generator was not kind to us. And we have to talk about the, uh, the 45th Disney animated feature film, Home on the Range, and my friend Stanford, I'm Rachel, and my friend Stanford is here Hi, to talk about <laughs> this animated classic, classic. from Disney. <laughs> In quotations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Thanks for <laughs> inviting me back, Rach. <laughs> Anytime. So yeah, so this movie came out in 2004. It was kind of in the dark days of Disney animation. Oh, dark and- days. <laughs> yes. And uh, we are, yeah, so we're going to dive in and talk about it. So did you see this movie in the theater? I did. I saw it oh, in the theater. Oh my gosh. And... Uh, Wow! Yeah, <laughs> there was some there was some buildup and anticipation about it because, you know, it was they were pretty clear. Disney was pretty clear about it. this is their last, quote unquote, hand drawn animated film for you know, maybe for forever. You know, I mean, they yeah, and, they, uh, and so I was I was excited. To, I was excited to see it, and, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, then and then and then that. 30 seconds into it. <laughs> I knew yeah. we were in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what part you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird. I mean, I did not see it in theaters because that, I, at that point in my life, so uh, I was uh, 20, uh, 23 in uh, 2004. And I was actually on my mission in 2004. Okay, so yeah. So I missed this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't actually see it until I was doing my Canon review okay. for my blog. And uh, I kind of had to see it because I'd heard such bad things. And I think actually the first time I saw it, I was probably a little bit nicer to it. I mean, I was still towards the bottom of my ranking, yeah. but um, uh, but I was a little bit nicer to it because I'd heard how horrible it was. Um, and uh, but then on my second time, it actually ended up being at the bottom of my ranking, and things that I had like given it a pass for weren't as impressive on yeah. my second watch. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also kind of helped on the or hurt. Uh, on my second watch, my sister Madeline, uh, uh, who is she's the one who's nineteen, my sister, uh, she was there with me, and I was because she was just uh, over, and I was like, I have to watch this for my because uh, I was doing at that point a video every single week on the Disney Canon. I was like, I have to watch this, and, uh, and so like, and she was just like what what are you making you know what is this what like, is this movie I, I don't know like I, her sort of pointing out like what i can't believe they said that i i feel like that also kind of like made me realize oh yeah yeah so anyway this movie is really bad and we're gonna talk about kind of why and i did invite the i did send an email to the director and invite him to come on and just do an interview where we'd be perfectly nice. And uh, I didn't get any response, but uh, it's, it's not our desire to be mean 
uh, to these people. Oh, heavens no. And we no. love Disney. And we love <laughs> yeah, Disney. I mean, do. you know, yeah. But I, I, I think that you are not doing anybody any service when you are, if you're a fan of something, you have to be honest. And uh, so, you know, and we're going to try to point out some positives and different things. And we realize that it takes a lot of work and a lot of artists and a lot of things to make any movie. Uh, but, uh, but you gotta be, you gotta be real. Otherwise nobody grows or improves. Yeah. So, Amen. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, so I did not see this in theaters. Yeah. I saw it in theaters and then I, I can't remember when maybe I, maybe I tried to watch it again when it came out on DVD, you know, and then I rewatched it in 2011 and that was the last time I saw it when I did my, you know, Disney Canon uh, blogging. I, I watched every, every film up to that point in 2011, you know, starting with Snow White and ending with, uh, it was with Winnie the Pooh actually was the last, was last, that, that year, you know, 2011. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I tell you. I haven't seen it since. <laughs> I tell you, it was a good thing that I was on my mission in 2004 because it was a rough year for animation. Very oh, rough. A horrible year. Yeah. Thank goodness for the Incredibles. Yeah. And Shrek 2 is pretty decent for the Shrek movies. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Um, and, uh, but that was also the year of Shark Tale. And I'm curious, which one would you rather watch? Shark Tale oh, or Home on the Range? None of the above. You know? <laughs> See, none of the above. <laughs> Shark Tale is horrible, I think, too. Shark Tale is... I feel like I would rather watch Home on the Range because... I like the animation better I, on Home on the Range. I like the animation better, and it's not as mean-spirited. I feel yeah. like Shark Tale is actually kind of mean-spirited. The way that the Will, Fish, Will Smith fish character is just kind of a jerk. Yeah. And uh, so... <laughs> there we go uh, you also had the polar express in 2004 which was good i mean it, it the animations you know not for everybody but i i like it i think it's good and you have the spongebob movie which was actually pretty decent i think um and uh and house movie castle came out in 2004 in japan i didn't come out until 2005 uh in, yeah, in, in, in the United u.s States. so uh, that's when it got nominated for the oscar is in uh 2005 there's also uh let's see teacher's pet movie yeah and uh that's about it for that year it was it was it was one of the years where there were only three uh films nominated for uh, best animated uh oscars uh and uh that they did nominate shark tale which is <laughs> i mean i don't know why they didn't i guess they didn't consider uh polar express uh animation because yeah, motion capture right because of the motion capture but they had just nominated monster house which is the same technology as far as i understand right so i don't know where they got that division but i definitely think that spongebob is better than shark tale that's for sure so I, I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> with that. I mean, yeah. wow. But it was kind of just ridiculous because everyone knew Incredibles was going to win because it was the best. So it, 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 uh, 
there you go anyway so that was the year it came out and uh so what did you think on this rewatch like what was your experience well that yeah it was worse than than even because than <laughs> <laughs> it was bad and it was you know it did not I really tried to be open-minded about it again, and, and, yeah. and it was it was worse. It was it was I, I thought it was it was worse to film, but again, the stuff the stuff that came back are the things that I guess thinking about when I saw it in two thousand four. You know, I, I was so excited about it because I I think I just thought it was so cool that Disney Animation was going to do a western. Uh-huh. What a fun idea to have an animated western, and yeah. so in concept uh i i i think it's 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 a great idea but wow you know the execution as we're going to be diving into it was 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 not good yeah i think if you want a a good anime or decent at least animated western i think uh the um uh the uh I actually think the Puss in Boots is pretty entertaining. I like it. Uh, and just because I think that Puss in Boots is the best Shrek character by far. And I actually think that Antonio Banderas is one of the most inspired so voice funny. casting in, yeah. in animation. I really think that was brilliant. Uh, I like that one. A lot of people like Rango. I'm not a fan of it personally. Uh, yeah, I but, don't really like Rango that much either. Yeah, a lot of people like it. I respect it. I just didn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, uh, the, I, I thought a lot in this movie about the, uh, Buffalo Bill, uh, the, um, short in, um, uh, Melody Time. Uh-huh. You know, the, um, with the, the uh, Pecos Bill. Pecos Bill, you're mm-hmm. right. Pecos Bill. Just in the vistas and the way that things, uh, some of the animation, I think, if, but that's obviously much better and much funnier. Yeah. Pecos Bill. So that would be a good one to check out is watch pig, watch melody time. It's good. Um, so anyway, so there you go. Yeah. I like the idea, but I feel like it's such a strange choice because evidently if you follow the, the history of this movie, basically Michael Eisner, uh, was, this was sort of towards the end of his tenure and he was, uh, and and him and many of these executives uh, were making these choices and they didn't see animation as an art form. They were seeing it more as a, you know, as, as a business, which is fine and, and understandable. Uh, and uh, the, um, they, they wanted to make sort of this like emperor's new groove kind of wacky movie about uh, in a Western comedy. But the executives wanted it to be a movie for toddlers that would appeal to really, really little kids. And, uh, and it's so strange to me. Like I understand, like I'm not a fan of brother bear, but I understand it intellectually because bears, kids have bears, you know, like kids have teddy bears, like make a movie about a bear. What? Like kids don't like Westerns. Kids don't like cows. Like, there's not like people are nestling at home with their cow doll. Like what? Like yeah. I don't understand why they thought that this would be a big seller for little children. That is really interesting to hear, Rachel, because I'm with you. It seems like almost like this would be more for an older demographic. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's exactly because, what I think. Because uh, as I was saying, my enthusiasm for it is because I like Westerns. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I think. Uh, 
you know, westerns are, are a great genre and how interesting for Disney animation to try to, to take, take it on, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, you can really tell that was another thing I was really noticing too, because we hear about those final d days in the Michael Eisner era, how, uh, the poor movie, you know, the poor people working on these movies, they had to take notes from everybody, you know, and then try to integrate people's input on yeah. it. And so you just never really had a clear vision, I think, on these films because there were so many people providing input that they had to somehow implement. And it's just, you know, it just makes for a real incoherent mess uh, rather yeah. than one that really has a clear narrative vision you know and a really a really compelling story it's just it's like oh just kind of annoying character and annoying joke you know one after another <laughs> yeah. yeah which i think is indic indicative of the time period of the process yeah right exactly and uh yeah i guess it started out as uh, this movie called sweating bullets sweating bullets yes yeah. and uh they that it was originally gonna be uh, this sort of uh, supernatural western uh, about a timid cowboy who visits a ghost town and confronts an undead cattle hustler named Slim. And then it went through different variations uh, and, uh, and they, uh, they, they were going to have it be about a bull, I guess, at one point. And then, uh, and then uh, finally it got, and it started, this was like in 1998, so there was there was quite a, a journey yeah. for it, and I think that Alan Menken was signed on to write the music in 1998. Just oh wow! So he'd been on it early. I, mm -hmm. That's one thing I wondered about too, if when they brought Alan Menken on. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it says here. So shortly after winning the Richard Rogers New Horizons Award, lyricist Glenn Slater was brought to the attention of Menken, who later invited Slater to work with him on Sweating Bullets. And uh, so they wrote, this is, they wrote this first of the film's song, six songs back in 1999. The first was Little Patch of Heaven. And then I guess one of the songs they didn't write until after 2000, uh, after the nine, they didn't write until after 9-11. Uh, the Will the Sun Ever Shine Again song they wrote after 9-11. Okay. So it should make sense because you really get that, yeah, that melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, they had uh, eventually, yeah, they focused on this idea of these three cow protagonists who would become bounty hunters to save the farm. And, uh, and that's when they brought on, uh, I guess in, this is 2000, Mike Gabriel, co-director Mike Gaimo were removed from the project because of the persistent story problems. So this thing was just a nightmare. And then finally, they brought on uh, Will Finn, who had been a supervising animator. Uh, he had been an an had been and, and still is a, an animator. And uh, he had worked a lot on Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, in the past, uh, he, had, he had worked on many, many, many films. Uh, his first... Uh, was it looked like his start was with as an animator for Don Bluth, uh, Secret of Nim, Dragon's Lair, uh, these kinds of things, and then he he was a character animator for all in Oliver and Company, and in The Little Mermaid, and 
and just a number of rescuers down under storyboard artist character animator beauty and the beast aladdin return to jafar anyway he's just a he's an animator and uh he um and it just says additional sequences so i guess he wasn't the director of the road to el dorado on here but anyway he was brought on to direct home on the range and since then he has done some shorts uh he and then he did the legends of oz dorothy's return which is rough <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> when was uh, that like was that 2016 2015 uh that was 2013 oh wow okay <laughs> that the, really made an impact on me yeah oh uh, did you see it in the theater no oh man poor, poor wilfin uh i uh, i feel i kind of feel bad for the guy but yeah, uh, i know and i i was wishing he could he could join in because i would love to hear if if he would be willing to share just the history of it because i would too talking about not that the sweating bullets necessarily sounded like a great story, but uh, definitely better than what they ended up with. Yeah. Uh, but still, I just, if he could, I would, it'd be so interesting to hear some of the history of the progression of this, of this story and how, how the film ultimately got made. Because again, I think that was really the big thing for me, Rachel, rewatching it. It's like, I can't believe they made it. <laughs> you know, I can't believe this yeah, thing. That's right. And then they, and then they actually decided to you know complete complete it because <laughs> yeah it really should have been should have been scrapped like yeah. it, it really yeah i i put my this time on my letterbox i just put this movie might have ruined yodeling for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So, so we made it a goal before we uh, before we watched rewatched this movie that we were each going to find three positive things. And uh, so as we go through, we're going to talk about those three positive things. And uh, we'll be very curious if you guys, maybe you love it. And let us know. Uh, let us know your thoughts. And uh, uh, especially if, you, if it's one you watched as a, as a little kid, I'd be very curious to know what your thoughts were. Uh, so it starts out the movie with uh, the you have Maggie is the Roseanne Barr cow <laughs> and she is the only cow left at her ranch and uh, and so they are all I guess all 500 of these cows have been stolen and uh, and so Mr. Dixon uh, sells uh, Maggie to pearl and so <laughs> so here's a problem i have right now this is the very first scene of the movie it makes no sense because why on earth would she buy a prized show cow which supposedly maggie is if she's just about to go under and has no money and That's like no like she like a prized show cow is worth like even even now is worth many thousands of dollars and uh and and she definitely is enough to pay off this this mortgage or whatever it is and and it's she acts like oh i can't sell their like family she literally just bought it this weekend like what 
I know it's so problematic. So, so you know the film. The film starts, and the I I instantly. I mean, I was so happy to see again the gorgeous animation, and they show yeah. one of those vistas as an animated vista of Monument Valley. Yeah. Which you know, you in Utah and Arizona, so you know, oh, and it's wonderful, and it, and it looks like again, it's like an animated John, Ford, you know, like a John Ford film, the way that they compose the shot, and then you cut to this Roseanne Barr thing, and it's just like, <laughs> oh dear, and I'm with yeah. you. It's like it's just it's very logical on on on, <laughs> on how yeah. this how this is how this is working. I mean, it's it sets up that you know Pearl is is a kind-hearted good woman who takes who loves her animals and they love her you know yeah but still it, it it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense it really makes no sense because then later on she's offering to sell the chickens for three for buy three get one free yeah and it, or buy one get three free and yeah. it's like you had a show <laughs> right <laughs> like what <laughs> And I mean, I, it's not like people are going to like immediately kill these cows. Like they're dairy cows. Like if you're selling them, like, like what? Anyway, I know it's over like trying to play logic to this silly movie, but, but it was, like right off the bat, you're just like, what this makes yeah. sense. Also, how the heck does somebody steal 500 cattle without any of the cowboys or without anybody and and the fact he's also singing and you know what i mean like this is very loud and would like make tons of noise like i can't even imagine how many cattle that is like what is mr dixon doing yeah he wouldn't know <laughs> like what <laughs> like does he hypnotize the humans too right the humans are in this deep sleep that they can't hear any of this stuff what? going on. Yeah. And, and then, but even all of that could be ignored. That's fine. Whatever. But we get the Roseanne Barr cow, Maggie. Her first, one of her first lines of dialogue is, they're real. They're real. Look yeah, up. they're real. Yeah. And, what? And then. And and it just it just goes on from there, you know. There's all these horrible cow puns. Ugh. I mean, every yeah, there was yeah, I'm with you. I'm with, and I saw like, the same thing. Like, this is your opening line. Like, if you're really making this film for toddlers, do we yeah. really want to joke about artificial breast augmentation, whatever they call it? Like, what? I know. I know. So I mean, bad. it just is like, ooh, I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and the dialogue is so terrible. Like, I mean, just things like, what's her specialty? Sour cream? Like, what? And uh, I, like, uh, I don't know. And then later on, they, they say uh, to uh, the um, horse, to Buck, he says, well, if it isn't the phony express oh my gosh like it's just so bad you're just like what i know like i i honestly think that you like it's just so weird because if they were trying to appeal to toddlers why is it so crass and why is it so oh like it is it's really it really is pretty crass you know Mm -hmm. because again it just like, felt like it was really tinged with 
with Roseanne's <laughs> trademark humor. Yeah. And if not it, that humor is bad, but it's not meant for a family film. Yeah. 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 Like if it, I'm trying to think like, I don't know, something that would appeal to toddlers is like Dora. Yeah. You know, which isn't Western, but it's kind of an adventure or whatever. And it's like very sweet. No, I've got the map. Yay. Let's go. And let's yeah. go on an adventure and whatever. <laughs> Right, rather than yeah, what? Roseanne talking about her udders, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, what? It was yeah. bizarre. So yeah, it gets off to a bad note. But then, Definitely. yes, <laughs> but we do have the not saving grace because it doesn't save it. But one of my definitely best things about the movie is the songs and ah. Alan and Alan Menken his score is also quite fun yeah it's a it's a really fun score i agree really fun uh, that's i'm with you the music and 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 the score by alan menken uh are are, are good yeah yeah and uh you know you get little patch of heaven which i love that 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 sequence i think is probably the best sequence in the film i think so too uh, yeah not that that would be hard <laughs> but, but but it's it's legitimately charming i mean this yeah. the song is great katie lang is a sings, good singer she's a, such a good singer and was a perfect choice for that she just interprets that song yeah you know just just she nails it and and uh the animation's cute i thought it's a fun way to introduce the fun way to introduce the characters yeah uh on the farm on, on and and uh Patch of Heaven is kind of, is truly the core, the emotional core of the film, you know, Pearl and the, and the farm. But, uh, and I love, and I really like the character designs. That's one of the things I, I like about it because it feels like a 1950s cartoon, you know, uh, the way that the way that they did it, it was pretty, you know, pretty simple, really just like these solid colors and very stylized. But, 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 but uh, I thought, oh, this is good. Cause I think one of the first things I saw about the film was um they were promoting uh just some concept art from it and it was just it was the, it was the lineup of all the of the farm animals i thought oh, that's so cool i love the design of the pigs you know and everything looks yeah. so great and then the, and then they start talking and you're just like oh dear because all of them have just these, it's just one horrible line <laughs> after another you know the yeah the, the song ends and then they're back to the lousy script and yeah. and <laughs> It can't be denied. It is absolutely yeah. correct. And, yeah. uh, and the, yeah, the song is sweet and, uh, and that's just what they should have done for this thing should have been very sweet. And instead it just, uh, it's just not. And, uh, and they get this whole plot of this save, save the farm, literally save the farm thing. And I hate that trope. I, it can be done that that story can be done well but trust me i watch you know 95 hallmark movies a year and so many of them are about save they use that save the store save the restaurant save the whatever many many times and it's just so boring yeah so obvious that they're going to be able to do it and the only way that well with any trope to be fair any trope that you have it it works if like the characters are good and the dialogue is good and uh you know because but it's very hard to pull off. And yeah. I was trying to think of uh, what would be a, a 
a, a save the whatever that kind of pulled it off uh, that uh, I mean, you have I'm trying to think uh, you have elements of, of it in like, uh, trying to think. Um, I mean, there's kind of elements of it in the cars movies with radiator Springs kind of going down the hill, but I wouldn't say it's a save the barn movie, but I don't know. It's just rough. Yeah. And it's very difficult to pull off. Yeah. uh the uh that kind of an element it's just so predictable it's tough can we talk about these three cows rachel because yes. <laughs> that's one of the yeah. things so clearly we meet roseanne but then her other two cohorts on the farm you know with the dairy cows um there's grace with that's jennifer tilly that's voiced by jennifer tilly i would say another strength of the movie i think she's good she's just a good voice actress well, i love her voice I, yeah. I thought i thought it was a really good choice i don't like the words they gave her to say <laughs> yeah, that's um, fair that's fair and then we've got um mrs um sorry remind me of the name again <laughs> what's her name mrs calloway thank you mrs calloway <laughs> written down Which, none um, of the humans question the fact that she has a hat like what yeah she's wearing a hat and she's british i mean i think i think again not i know again it's a cartoon <laughs> i don't want to be too picky but i i remember thinking this in 2004 that here we are we've got these you know roseanne judy dench and jennifer tilly who in and of themselves, I mean, they're they're all good at what they do, right? Right. But but uh, to try to and I know that they were probably the writers were trying to bring conflict to them, you know, because they that's part of the thing is that the three of them, Roseanne is is new to the group and is is kind of turned really bossy, right, and kind of taking over. Yeah. And, and there's this power struggle and whatnot, but I. I just none of the none of it works for me. Uh, I I think again I love Jennifer Tilly's voice. I really don't necessarily like that they made her this new age kind of person because I'm also thinking um, this is like a western set in the 18 whatever. <laughs> you know? This I mean again I know I'm overthinking it, but this new age stuff didn't even exist. You know, <laughs> plus no, they're talking me. cows, but still, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> plus. If you're gonna have one character that's a prized show cow, right? Yeah, it make more sense to make the British uptight one. That was exactly that's my right? thing. Is like, why are you making kind of grass blue collar Roseanne yeah, right? as the show cow, and then Mrs. Calway that we don't really know why. I mean, we guess she came from Britain, you know. <laughs> well, uh, you could have her be the 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 uptight, you know, like Fraser Crane kind of character, yes. whatever. That's fine. And and it makes sense then that she's not going to want to sell her because yeah. she's had her for all this time and whatever, and she loves her. That's fine. And then she gets this this you know second rate cow from this farm, you know, farmer. Like and and then she comes in and is you know it's like a Buzz Lightyear coming in to spoil the right. fun. Right. And so that makes way more sense. It makes no sense for Mrs. Calloway to be the stick in the mud, but not the show cow. Like, yeah, it's 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 really baffling. What? Uh, and I also think too, you know, again, these these three cows were in a way kind of meant to be pitted against each other, but still, there's yeah. no chemistry between these. Oh no, and, no. 
again, I, I fought the script because they just are all have some stupid things to say to each other. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. And, and, uh, but here they are though. They're the, they're the, the, uh, protagonists, you know, they're the ones yeah. to root for. And not that I wanted them to die, but I just wanted, <laughs> but there was just nothing appealing but, about this, this, this dynamic between these three cows. I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't. Yeah. It is so frustrating when I feel like people think that making a movie for children to be funny is just characters arguing all the time. Why yeah. on earth is this still a thing? Like I, it was so frustrating, you know, a movie like Angry Birds, which had honestly actually a lot of potential. Like the yes. animation was decent. It had good, you know, had a, had good stuff, a lot of good ingredients, but yeah. unfortunately most of the jokes in that movie are people fighting and it's not entertaining to me at all. Like, I don't want to see that. And I, it's just so frustrating when, when, you know, it's like, especially if I'm talking about little children, I want yeah. them like, yeah, in the old Disney movies, you would have like one cantankerous character, yeah. like in Winnie the Pooh, obviously you have like, uh, you have rabbit is the cantankerous one. And the yeah. one who, uh, but he always has like a reason and it's always clear. He's not like, there's many times when he's picking stuff, big vegetables and he's happy as can be you know when he first starts skating on the ice he's happy as can be yeah. uh, and it, so it's not just like i don't know it's not just like arguing all the time as a character as a, supposed to be funny and i hate that it's awful yeah. no i hear you absolutely mm. and uh that that got really frustrating i mean instantly yeah. you know it's because yeah. it, it, and then it's just, they fight the whole movie yeah. I mean, oh they, yeah. They kind yeah. of there. There is some kind of a point later, you know, where they, where they come together, but not really. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like they necessarily have a reconciliation. They're just like, okay, well, I guess we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, and then they, and then they start. Well, it's not even. It's just like with Miss Calloway, she just like changes on a dime, and all of a sudden is like, we are getting on that train and we yeah. are riding it home and blah 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 and whatever. It's fine, but like. Uh, but yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And, and then you just have other characters that they fight with and they argue with like Buck that are just annoying and frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the character design I think is fine in patch of heaven. Uh, and I don't even really hate the design of the cows. Cause I'm like, what can you do with cows? Like cows are just not like yeah. what they're fine. I kind of like, yeah, I kind of liked it. I didn't get any yeah. kind of question the hat but uh but, <laughs> but overall but yeah it's fun i mean you but know. the character design of the humans is so horrible i hate it like i guess that i guess uh the pearl is fine but the other character designs are terrible i hate like the Steve Buscemi character looks yeah. terrible. The yeah. sheriff character, the the, and then we'll talk about uh, the Alameda um, Slim. Alameda Slim, yeah, and uh, it's terrible. Rico, I hate his design. You know, like I, I don't even understand what they were trying to do with Rico. Like Rico was puzzling to me too. Like uh, it's obviously trying to be Clint Eastwood, right? For sure, right? But like again if you're making this movie for toddlers what toddler watches clint eastwood like I know. 
What children uh, watched Clint Eastwood? What, exactly. So we meet we meet Buck, the the sheriff's horse. Yeah. Voiced voiced by Cuba Gooding Jr. and again I'm thinking, oh cool, because I like Cuba Gooding Jr. You know, I sure, mean, sure. You know, Jerry Maguire. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> yeah, is right. yeah. awesome. Yeah. The most annoying character. <laughs> you know? again, again, I fault the script. It's just horrible. But you know, the only the only thing I liked about Buck, and it's one of the things I liked about the film too, is there's like a 90 second sequence where we meet Buck and we're learning about his motivations. Buck is Buck has got high aspirations about what he wants to do as a, as a law enforcement horse, right? And yeah. you see that scene where the, they 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 shrink and, the, and then they change the aspect ratio. So it looks widescreen, and it's looking like a Sergio Leone Western. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and and they just, you know, he's he's fighting the bad guys, and it's fun. Again, it's like ninety seconds to two minutes of just kind of a fun little homage. Which again, I was hoping that the whole film would be like, right? That, you know, that way. That's the only segment I like of him, and then everything else is, it goes downhill. Too. And like the, the the fun little homages is fine, but like when you have a whole character that's so obviously trying to be, you know, Clint Eastwood, it's just kind of like what? Like what were they trying to do? Like it yeah. was so obvious from the it's very beginning that Rico was bad. We we know that just from his <laughs> even the lighting on the character, it's so obvious. I know. Like, I know. There's never a second where you think, oh, he's really a good guy here. Like, what? And uh, and so, yeah, and I agree about Buck. He's terrible, horrible. And so they find out once they get into town, there's this really weird scene with the cows in the saloon. So, again, a typical Western what? trope where the, you know, they have to, there has to be a saloon fight, right? And how they set that up was so dumb. So the yeah, the cows <laughs> they're like thinking that the stage door is the sheriff because there's a star on it, right? So like, yeah, that's this. Yeah. So they walk in, and of course, then they become part of this burlesque show that's going on at the you know in the saloon. Yeah. And then there's all these men like right. hooting and hollering like. It's, what it's like they're cows <laughs> cows are really smelly and they're really like i can't even imagine like i mean it's just this is for like i can't imagine this writing room like what they're like the executives are saying like we want to make a movie for toddlers. So put in your Clint Eastwood character yeah, and put in, put in your, your saloon, your saloon, saloon with cows. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, you just, <laughs> like, you just can't even, you just can't believe it. That's such a horrible sequence. And, I, and so I hated it the first time I saw it and then my feelings, it got even got worse. I just thought it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And I've seen like, a lot of Westerns since I saw this, you know, the first time too. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Horrible. And then there's like the really weird random scene with like the weird Chinese guy. Yeah. And like, what? Like, what is where that? that? Where did that come from? Like, yeah. and because it's, I mean, I'm assuming they cut things out or something because, like, it just sort of feels like really awkward. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just, and then they, so then they are, because originally they're going to, like, try to go to the fair or something. Yes. Thinking and, that at the fair they'll be able to, like, like get, get in good with the sheriff right that's going to help them 
Well, and I don't know why Pearl didn't just make this point. Like, I've just bought this show cow. Like, I'm going to talk to the bank. Because, like, evidently she's like, oh, they're always fine with me being late. No problem. And so, like, why she didn't just say, hey, the fair's in two weeks. I've got this show cow. Come on. Like, you know, there's a chance to even make more money. Whatever. Like, what's up with Pearl? And, um, (laughs) but they get there and into town and they find out that there's this $750 reward, uh, for the finding of this guy, Alameda Slim and Alameda Slim. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hello. Like what is going on with Alameda Slim? Like the idea that any human being would not know that Yancey O'Dell is Alameda Slim. It's just like beyond yeah like what like is there a worse villain in disney history than alameda slim oh you know his character his character design is abhorrent his he looks terrible he looks like a giant rectangle his uh i mean i guess the voice performance is fine it's not it's not the fault yeah it's randy quaid and he's got a fun i mean he's got He's got a, you know, a distinctive voice, but but you know, as as you're saying, how 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 they hijack, how they steal these cows, you know, from these farms that they want to take over, is that he yodels and he hypnotizes them with the yodel. And I think there's some creativity in that. And I, I actually it's so crazy that it could be funny, but it sure doesn't work. Yeah, like I actually I kind of like the yodeling scene where you see like it sort of has a little bit of an elephants on parade feel like it's the one moment in the movie where i feel like the the animators creativity is really kind of coming out and they're doing something surrealist they're doing something weird but it doesn't quite work uh and i don't know maybe the rest of the movie had been strong enough it's I guess I give the yodeling a pass because I just, even though I said in my review that it ruined yodeling for me, um, <laughs> I feel like at least it's creative, but yeah, it's, it's just so ridiculous and weird and it's not funny. And so it's just like, uh, and yeah, cause like supposedly he is able to yodel in a way that hypnotizes these cows and it makes the cows come towards him. And, uh, and you know, it's like he's supposedly done this in the entire town County cause he felt like spurned or something like that. And then he goes off once the cows are gone, he goes and buys the land for like super cheap yeah. a- as this other guy, Yancey Odell, which is like way too complicated. First of all, for like a child's right. That was like, the one feature because this plot gets so convoluted. Yeah, like kids don't understand like, oh, yeah. like land purchases and like auctions and what and more. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. And like, I, I mean, I think the worst, I mean, I really, really hate Ratcliffe in, in uh, Pocahontas just because he's a real person. But like, but obviously he, this is, He's worse. Alameda Slim is worse than Ratcliffe, but like, and Buck Cluck in in Chicken Little, I think is actually a real villain. We'll talk about that when we do Chicken Little. Yeah. And he's terrible. And I don't think there's necessarily anything like really mean spirited about uh, Alameda Slim. He's just so lame. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he he's one of those villains that you 
in concept, there might have been some potential. Yeah. And some comedic potential with the yodeling and different things, but it just falls, it really falls flat. I mean, and it's seriously, if, they, if one of these places had one of these farms or whatever, ranches, I guess, had 500 cattle and supposedly he's storing all of these cattle in this cave. Like, how big is that cave? Like, what? <laughs> right. And what do they do about the tracks is what I thought. Not, like, <laughs> what is going on with this sheriff? Like, Thousands of tracks going to this canyon. Yeah. Like, uh, like if, if, if somebody was selling, first of all, if somebody had just stolen, not just 500 cattle from one place, those the entire map he, he'd done this to, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, if, if, if somebody was selling 500 cattle onto a train, like and had and had and 500 cattle had been missing like i mean i'm no i'm no sheriff but like it's <laughs> yeah. like what this makes it just makes no sense and it it's makes, so dumb and it makes no sense and then yeah then you know the involvement with with um uh what's his bucket the clint eastwood you know that whole anyway that yeah, whole that he's supposed to be this bounty hunter but he's really he's really not like he's, yeah. he's a really he, bad guy he's in cahoots with with uh alameda slim and it's just like what what kid is gonna i just that's what i thought again what what child is gonna see this and enjoy it i mean they might enjoy some of the visuals you know because the visuals yeah. are, are are interesting but but you just oh, i just i just don't think so i don't think kids are really interested in i don't know there's just nothing like lovable like kids kids i think like stuff that's like really interactive um you know like something like dora where they can be like uh get the map dora you know that's what makes that so brilliant yeah um or something that's like cute and fun and and it's this is just not and it's i just think kids will just be bored i i think they'll like little patch of heaven sequence i think they could watch that as a short or something like that (laughs) but i don't know i think you just show your kids melody time like it's yeah (laughs) watch watch take a spell that's their animated western yeah right yeah Yeah. um Uh, yeah so yeah and then you have this incredibly incredibly uncomfortable scene where the cows go to a a a farm that is going to a ranch that is going to be uh taken and all the bulls are like super like creepy and gross and like awful and like what what is that like i was so like like what (laughs) yeah because again, it's just like these horrible, these horrible jokes, and they're not even jokes. It's like these bulls are—they're using these pickup lines, right? And yeah. then, and then Roseanne is of course snapping back with her, with her kind of trademark crass humor, and you're just like, um, "What's yeah? What's that? What's happening here?" <laughs> it's just like, like it, they're like sexually harassing the cows. Like oh, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> what is going on like what is happening <laughs> yeah uh and like there's even a line where she, she's present uh Mar maggie says i've got three words for you cold shower like what i know 
I know. Because, again, the humor is just, you know, it's edgy. And that's another thing. You know, and I'm like, that's I'm, like super inappropriate. And yeah. like, like, it's just. I wondered if some of, you know, it's one of those, again, where I wish we could talk to Will or somebody. Yeah. That, was that like actually storyboarded or was some of this stuff, <laughs> like, this is Roseanne spewing off in the recording studio. And they're like, oh, we should, you know, we should, this is funny. We should, you know, go off with some of these things that Roseanne is saying. Um, I, I wondered about that. And I didn't like it in 2004 and I definitely no. don't like it in 2018. And, uh, and Roseanne, like, I know she's a controversial character. She can be very funny. She can be funny. I mean, she can be know, absolutely hilarious. She's got kind of this, this trademark humor that she's good at. And that there's, 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 I think there's comedic potential. I don't think casting her was necessarily a bad choice. I think the words that they let her say <laughs> and the one they chose to animate was yeah. a bad choice. And making her the lead character. I think yeah. that you're she always... Been a better supporting character. Yeah. And I think that it, this would have been so much better if like a character like the um, rabbit... That yeah. had been the lead character. Like rabbits are cute, they're fluffy, they're yeah. fun. Like a well, cow is just not. And like you could have had these three cows being kind of like going on the journey with like this little rabbit or something like that. Would have yeah. been that would have been way better. Can we talk about that rabbit too? Because you know he shows up in like the first the first sequence. Of, I mean, you know, the, the film starts. They're showing that you know as mentioning that that Monument Valley, that wonderful that wonderful. Uh, uh, shot that they that they established and then the rabbit shows up and then it's kind of like goes into kind of almost like a looney tunes mode where the rabbit's just having kind of mishap after mishap and it's kind of funny but it's just it was it's jarring like and, and you don't see him again until the middle of the film no it's like he, he should be called exposition rabbit because this whole <laughs> like, this whole role is to like periodically appear to give exposition yeah. to like give exposition like this is really what's happening kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's terrible absolutely terrible and yeah. i i mean i was trying to think like what's an example of a character that roseanne could have played that would have been like better um i mean she certainly could have been a character like rabbit in Winnie the Pooh that that's, you know, kind yeah. of sort of frustrated and like, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of exasperated yeah. by Pooh's antics and that, that could have worked. That could have worked. And the giving her jokes and kind of like snide comebacks that aren't sexualized. Yeah. You know, that's, like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Cold shower is just so, like, Cold what? Showers. And that they're real, you know? Yeah, it's right? Like, 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 what? What? It's no one's even thinking that. Out yeah. of control. Uh, yeah, so basically they they go after him, and then there's totally the moment, which is so predictable, and all these Save the Barn kind of stories, where uh, the... Uh, where they the the team is split up and they're they're uh, they have this big argument which again why is that entertaining to children i don't know and well, of course yeah, then horrible. they're that flash flood and all that again, the yeah. argument also is like oh please <laughs> and they have that's when they have the uh uh the the uh will the sun ever shine again which is such a pretty song i love that song and you know bonnie they, they bring in bonnie Raitt, who's a wonderful musician you know wonderful singer yeah and 
it's a great song and that is interesting to, to hear that you know it was it was written after 9-11 and yeah. and it really expresses i think the melancholy and the sadness of that time period yeah and and oh that is it's a bummer <laughs> it's used it's used so poorly and you know i mean because it is it's the low point of the film you know it's, it's coming near the end of act two and the cows right. are all they've all they're all fighting and then they're stuck because of this flash flood and they just look like you know there's there's not any hope anymore and pearl she's you know the farm's gonna be going away any you know any minute and all that stuff but still though it's more just like i wanted to fast forward to it rather than appreciate yeah. the sadness uh you know of the of the and the the drama of the scene yeah yeah it's I agree. I 100% agree with you there. So yeah, and then everything else plays out pretty predictably as far as uh, there's uh, you have uh, you have Alameda with his goons. Uh, well, and don't get me started on his goons. They are the most annoying. Yeah, they are terrible. Terrible. <laughs> and Steve Buscemi's character is terrible and annoying. Like he could. Like he could have been a better villain, uh, but yeah, if that, he the could have been a better villain, yeah. I but, agree. Uh, but yeah, and and you do have that. Uh, Grace is the only one of the cows that isn't susceptible to because she's tone deaf. She's tone deaf, so she yeah she doesn't get <laughs> hypnotized with the yodeling. Which yeah. again, little children that they just toddlers just know all. <laughs> they they can totally understand that. Like, <laughs> right. What? yeah and then uh, they go yeah the, and then the, the cave you know where the cave where they're hiding the cows is like this, this abandoned mine and again i know that's kind of a, again same thing kind of a western thing yeah and it's like then they get to animate the cows in the mine car you know going up and down the hills <laughs> you know the roller coaster that's built yeah. into this yeah. this yeah. cave where you're just like really <laughs> you know yeah you know what's so interesting too though about this movie is that they are finally getting rid of the attraction at Disneyland uh, that they had because they, they had a uh, the little they had a little patch of heaven they had, they had a petting yeah. zoo a petting little, zoo. little kind of a little a little mini petting zoo that was that they themed when this movie came out yeah there was they had a wanted sign for Alameda Slim it's all been removed it's it's Star Wars Land yeah. is, is taking over. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is taking over from a little patch of heaven. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, that's the, the 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 people who hate Disney Star Star Wars aren't. That's the one complaint you won't hear. Right. The little patch of heaven. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting and. Yeah, and then there is a, s a sequence uh, where they are on this train and they're riding the train, and uh, and I feel like that's been done a lot. Where like, especially recently, like, can I just say, no more animals or inanimate objects, whatever, riding cars. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. Whether it's Secret Life yeah. of Pets or Finding Dory or like. A ton of times I've seen yeah. that, and it, it, I guess I'm just—it's done. We need a break, <laughs> like no more. Uh, yeah. It's not funny anymore. Like it, it could be marginally funny at first, but I've just—it's just not anymore. I'm done. Um, and here you have 
cows driving a train, whatever. And I do think that the train, it looks pretty good. Like yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool design. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like when it crashes and stuff and like it crashes right into a little patch of heaven and tears up the whole, like the farmland and everything, yeah. whatever. And yeah. And like supposedly like this, this, this disguise, it's not even a disguise. Like, like he's just wearing a jacket. He wears like, a jacket. I don't understand. Like, it's, it's a worse disguise than like Clark yeah. Kent. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You don't recognize this giant man, you know, this giant rectangle yeah. in a right. coat. Yeah, yeah, he has a jacket on. I mean, uh, like, and especially back then, it's not like, I mean, you just didn't come in contact with all that many people. Yeah. Right? And so, like, especially back then, it's not like you're in, like, New York City where you meet, like, thousands of people a day and yeah. you might mistake it. He looks exactly the same. And the whole idea that, like, oh, his gig is up and spoiled is so ridiculous. It's problematic. And yeah. <laughs> it's problematic. It's so bad. So, but he's taken away. And, um, oh, I was going to say, for a better, much, million times better example for the character of Buck, wouldn't you agree that Maximus is, like, a oh, billion times better? A million uh, times better. Yeah. Yeah, because again, Maximus course, doesn't talk, right? Which which is is a huge help because it's all done. Yeah, and that makes him even stronger character because it all has to be done with his his uh, actions, you know, yeah. and, and with with the emotions that they're able to play. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Maximus is just a, just a million times better, and yeah. and also you know with Buck, he wants to do kung fu, and you're just like, I never thought that the horse. I mean, again, there's there could be potentially some comedic stuff that they maybe thought was funny. It never was funny to me no. seeing him on his hind legs trying to do those kung fu actions. It was no. just, it was just beyond. It was because beyond it that. doesn't work because these aren't anthropomorphic characters. If yeah. they had, yeah. I think it actually could have been a little bit better if they had made them anthropomorphic characters because that's just sort of cuter and like yes. like something like Puss in Boots is anthropomorphic. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It makes more sense to have a cat yeah. fencing and stuff like that. Like what? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like, there's a scene where he's literally like leaps onto the the roof of uh, of the saloon. And you're like, if, if that happened in real life, can you imagine if you were like walking by and there was like a horse on a, on the, on a, on a building like what whoa it's like horse on a building you know <laughs> cows on the stage doing the show you know <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh what's happening <laughs> it's yeah. tough it's so, tough yeah. and and there's just and there are so many puns in this movie there oh. are so it's just painful and because they're they're bad. Every one of them, every one of those is a groaner. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's not like even one of them lands. You know, that's the thing no. that, I, that I just can't believe is that like, are you serious? She goes, who laughed at that? You know, like who, who, who was you know? And again, maybe it was one of those Michael Eisner things. Like, oh, you got to you got to punch this up with some fun. You know, make this funnier or whatever. But I, I don't know. 
I'm sure none of those work. In fact, every they're 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 so pervasive and so not funny. Yeah, is, like they just like lie as this thud. Like it, like I don't know. Just as an example, like Grace is singing. She'll be coming around the mountain, and Maggie says she better hurry up around that mountain because I can't take this much longer. That's not even a joke. It's not funny. It's not even a joke. It's just like pointing yeah. something out, you know, but I think it's, they think it's supposed to be a joke and uh, they, uh, yeah, like the stuff with Alameda Slim and the, and the goons, that's not funny. It's usually just like boring. And I, it is, it's boring. Cause the, you know, it's one of those where it could almost be like a, a Gaston and LeFou where that works. Like the slapstick humor, I think really works well in Beauty and the Beast, but then they, and not so much there's as much physical comedy between Alameda yeah. and his goons, but they're horrible. They've got that horrible voice. And, yeah. You know, the animation is lousy. With, I think the design is lousy with those two characters. Yeah. The human anyway. characters are almost all just yeah. terrible. They look horrible. Yeah, I'm with you. And, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, you, as you said, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's one scene where, with some vultures, where, uh, uh, Maggie says, "We'd better get to town quickly. The vultures are circling." And uh, and Maggie says, "Hey, she's not dying." And the vulture says, "You sure? We could wait around." That's kind of funny. Like that's a little bit funny, but like and western, you know. I mean, it kind of <laughs> it works. It works for the environment. But man, you have to dig hard for anything that's funny, and uh, I don't know. It's just brutal. Uh, and they like, and even things like with the goat or the pig, like it's just kind of, usually it's like pointing things out, not actually making a joke. And, uh, and then, you know, you get the, the ending with, you know, everything, the, the, of course the farm is saved, Yay. And, like, but I had to wonder, like, so I guess they, I mean, you have to imagine like how many cattle we're talking about here. Like, it this would be like if one farm had 500 cattle and you saw like the the just just in the cattle the the weird creepy bulls you know that there were like there were hundreds of cattle there yes and it, this huge map like what what <laughs> i don't know so i hope i guess they must have made all the other farms right and made everything good in the end but we do at least know that patch of heaven ends up fine and uh, there you go. That's the end of the uh, the story. And uh, but yeah, the I especially just those those bulls were just the, so weird. Like one saying like, uh, "Don't worry, darling, I'll protect you," and uh, and then Miss Callaway saying, "You've got exactly two seconds to remove your hoof before I snap it off at the knee," and then they say, "Oh, sorry, ma'am, I thought you were the blonde." What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just, it's 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 so weird. And again, you know, that, that doesn't belong in a family film. <laughs> it does not belong in a family film, and it's it like super it offensive. What do you think about it? Like, uh, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh, so man. so weird, and and not funny. No, not, not, not funny. Not not funny. 
Uh, I'm offended for my blonde sisters. Those are just terrible. But anyway, I think we basically covered it. I, so my like positive, I do think the making music is good. I, I actually like Jennifer Tilly. I, I, I think she's good. I, I guess her character isn't that great, but like, she's probably my favorite of the three if I had to pick. Um, and, uh, and then I think the, uh, there's some nice backgrounds. <laughs> my three uh they i i think the idea of the yodeling is creative and uh that one sequence with the song i i don't love it but i feel like there's some creativity at least trying in there but that's about it for me as far as things positive about this film yeah for me as a you know a bit of a repeat but <laughs> I, I the the concept was was appealing you know, yeah. again, thinking that this could be that, you know, Disney feature animation was going to tackle a Western. I just thought, oh, how cool. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work. But the music, is, the music as we've, as we've discussed throughout is enjoyable. I love that song at the end credits that Tim McGraw sings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrific song. Again, it's an Alan Menken, a little gem, you know, that I just think nobody probably heard because they were just couldn't wait to get out of the theater, you know, after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wherever the trail may lead. Yeah, I love nice that one. song. Yeah. I love it. And you know, I think the art direction is solid. The character design is great. And honestly, I I, I love that opening shot. And then it, you know, it goes downhill <laughs> instantly from there. But but uh, yeah, that, that, that great opening shot. Yeah, and there the you go. Of, and the patch of heaven sequence. Yeah, that patch of heaven sequence is really is is charming yeah I, I can agree with you there so there we go i think we've covered home on the range to uh, all we can say there's all there is to say um <laughs> all right so let's figure out what we're going to talk about next okay here Bring we go the, the random number generator yes <laughs> okay 31 so let's figure oh. out what's 30 uh 30 we're gonna, we're in good stuff in that one in that one. Let's see here. Thirty-one Disney animated film. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Aladdin. Do to do. Let's see. Um, I'll just maybe I'll just look up Aladdin then. I could be wrong. I thought Beauty and the Beast was number thirty. But uh, but let's let's see how let's uh, how my memory does. This is this uh, I, could, I could be wrong. Yeah, thirty one Aladdin. Yes, this will be great. Oh, uh, now we go from one extreme to the other. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, is good. Yeah. So we uh, we <laughs> yeah it would have been rough if we had a if we had gotten a Chicken Little next. <laughs> dinosaur i would have had to like <laughs> yeah and originally i think i had this at uh like i don't know i think i had it like 55 um but on the rewatch it's my lowest it's my yeah. worst it's the worst of the canon i think it is worse than chicken little because i think the chicken little has some like you can see them just throwing everything at the wall and just like seeing if it'll stick. And some of that is kind of interesting. And some of the character designs I think are cute. Uh, it, it's a toss up. It's a pick your poison. Cause I think chicken little it's more mean spirited than this, but I don't know. It just has a little bit more creativity. I, I think uh, this just feels so, so 
like phoned in and lame and just not good. So yeah, uh, this is, it's definitely in my bottom, bottom three. Yeah. Uh, I still, I think it's better than chicken little too. I will have to see how to, it's still see dinosaur. It, it, it's, I, I, yeah. I, and that one is brutal. It's so I, boring. The dinosaur is, is so horrible. I, I'm not, this one still might be worse than dinosaur, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, every time, you know, it, it's, it, it probably also just matters what kind of mood I'm in or whatever, but those are definitely, those are definitely in the running for, I think almost everybody's worst of Disney. Yeah. The, the, dinosaur, yeah. home on the range, the range chicken, chicken little, little. Yeah. are in that discussion for sure. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Every, uh, every studio has it. So this has been fun. I've had a good time talking about it. I know. So I have too. It's been, great. It's been therapeutic. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it, it, it was hard. It's hard to see, you know, a studio that you respect so much, uh, go through a rough, a, a rough patch. It was not a yeah. patch of heaven. It was kind of, you know, very rough patch, not a good movie. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very weak. Uh, and you know, I, uh, I, I I'm, like if I'm comparing it to the rest of the Disney canon, I would give it an F. Like if I'm comparing it to just like animation in general, I'd probably give it like a D ish grade. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I hope I never have to watch it again. Come on, life. I I I keep having. To, I was saying yesterday. I'm like. <laughs> I was like, I have to watch Home on the Range for a podcast, and now I'm 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 reevaluating my life choices. It led me to watch this movie so many times. I watched it like five times. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, which four is five, five times. times. Five times too many. I I probably had to watch it four or five times over my <laughs> lifetime too, and it's once was once was more than enough, more than enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, at least it's yeah. short we didn't mention that it's only 76 minutes so i know i think goodness because it honestly feels like it's two and a half hours it does too. it really does and, and uh, oh so it's such a shame and again you know when these films are bad i i always feel sad it's like this missed opportunity you know because again uh the the artist the artistry done at with disney animated films even when the films are bad, there's still this level of artistry that's so good. Right, right. You know, and that's yeah. just is so disappointing <laughs> to me. And again, that's how I felt about a lot of these films of the last part of the Michael Eisner years is that these films kind of made by committee uh, where the animation was always so good and the stories weren't. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking time to uh, oh, thank you to talk about the this film with me, and uh, right, we can we can suffer together, right? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't alone having to watch it. Like, oh, uh. yeah, it was fun. Uh, so, uh, where can people find you? Online. I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and then I have a movie blog, which is moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And uh, if you like the podcast, put uh, put uh, a, a review on iTunes. It really helps people to find out uh, where it is when they're searching on iTunes. That's very helpful. So thanks very much. And uh, yeah, and uh, let us know your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk again next month. Thanks, Rachel. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.